Welcome back to our study of John's Gospel. I'm Ian, and this is the Sailor Time to Pause podcast from Plexus Salvation Army, an online church in the UK. If you ever choose to go to some corners of the internet, you'll find people arguing with each other, shouting at each other, in text that is all caps, reacting to what others are saying and yet never seeming to understand. These are rarely conversations, but are instead little more than word grenades lobbed at each other from entrenched positions. Comment streams on TikToks of so-called Karens, discussions between those who always believe the police and those who are always convinced that they're an evil gang, right-wing advocates calling their opponents woke while the left simply return the name-calling with accusations of fascism. In our world today, we can observe countless examples of fierce, partisan, nationalistic and ideological bickering and tit-for-tat animosity amongst different groups. Yet often, if we look in from outside, we can see that rarely are the specifics of the individual topic actually the issue that's leading to the disagreement. Instead, it's the deeper philosophical differences that underlie the discussion that's making the blood boil and that's blinding them to the points that others are trying to make. I even recently saw a discussion where two opposing sides were screaming the same thing at each other, and yet their ingrained worldviews were so different that they were unable to see any common ground. And that clash just became ever more acrimonious and explosive. Every person holds to a worldview. It undergirds the way we interpret the world around us and guides us in the daily decisions that we make, It influences how we think about reality, morality, humanity, sexuality, politics, sociology, theology, generosity, forgiveness. All areas of how we interpret the world and our experiences are filtered through our worldview. It's how we understand and make sense of the world around us, but also influence how we express ourselves in the world. The constellation of personal values, beliefs, assumptions, attitudes and ideas that make up our worldview have an effect on our goals and desires, relationships and behaviours. Our worldview is like a pair of glasses we each wear and through these glasses we view and interpret the world around us. As we continue to look at Jesus' encounter with Nicodemus, we discover that they come to the discussion with different worldviews. And today we'll think about how Jesus begins to explain his worldview to Nicodemus. But as we explore Jesus' worldview and how it's different to Nicodemus's, let's not lose sight of the respect and courtesy that they maintain for each other. Surely even that in itself is a challenge for all of us in today's polarised and polarising culture. John chapter 3 Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into the mother's womb to be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. 
You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. I will stop and breathe in your presence. Just breathe. Just breathe. It was to a great religious teacher that Jesus spoke these life-changing words. I assure you, No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. The man to whom Jesus was speaking was a very religious leader of the Jews, a teacher who read his scriptures, worshipped on the right days and tried to keep the commandments of God. He did all that he could to win favour from God by all the good things that he did. It's a common worldview that you'll still find around today. This is the worldview of religion, And it was the worldview of Nicodemus and his fellow Pharisees. If you obey this, that and the other, then God will love you. If you're obedient to God's laws and ways, then God will love you. But against this, we find Jesus' worldview. One that doesn't see God as some rule maker, but, as he would later describe in a parable, a worldview which sees God as a loving father who loves unconditionally. These two worldviews are totally opposite. Nicodemus's says, you obey so that you can be loved. Whereas Jesus' worldview says, you're loved so that you can obey. And so in response to Nicodemus's question, Jesus does not tell Nicodemus how he should live, but instead tells him how it is he must come to life. You must be born again. Everything has to change and become new. Jesus is teaching that there is a new coming kingdom of God within which humanity can find life in all of its fullness, eternal and abundant. But to gain its citizenship, a total regeneration is necessary. A change of nature so radical that it can be understood as being reborn. Our natural birth introduced us to light, was the commencement of life, threw us amid the works of God and was the beginning of our existence. But it also introduced us to a fallen world of sin. But to escape from sin, to be happy in the world to come, it's necessary to be changed in your principles, your feelings and your manner of life, to adopt a whole new worldview and to begin to see every aspect of life through a whole new lens. This change, the beginning of this new life, this rebirth is the beginning of spiritual life. It introduces us to the light of the gospel. It's the moment when we really begin to live. It's the moment when God reveals himself to us as our reconciled father and we're adopted into his family. It's not, as Nicodemus initially misunderstood, a repetition of a previous birth, but a new kind of birth brought about by the Spirit. God's Holy Spirit can change your life. He can give you new life, rich and free, a full measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, poured into your lap, exceedingly abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask, think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes and longings. God can do it and he promises it to all who wish it. To quote Paul, God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, 
his spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah in Jesus. Glory down all generations. Glory through all millennia. Oh yes. Take me by the hand Walk with me by quiet streams I need to hear the wind Feel the ground beneath my feet Cause you're the only friend Who can set my soul at ease And in the quiet pride of my father Father, I 